Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK is unknown, and we watched several things this week, starting with episode 7 of The Book of Boba Fett, which was at least the season finale. We also are going to discuss several trailers that dropped during the Super Bowl, including Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the New Moon Knight trailer, and Lord of the Rings Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. Then we watched the latest Agatha Christie adaptation, Death on the Nile. And finally, we watched the J-Lo and Owen Wilson rom-com, Marry Me. So spoiler alert for all of those things, major spoiler alert for all of the movies I mentioned. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion, as there are a couple of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? Let's dive right in with the finale, but possibly not series finale, of Book of Boba Fett, which feels like a lifetime ago for some reason, even though it was only a week, less than a week. How happy are we? How sad are we? All the emotions? <laughs> I mean, for me, like, I, I felt very, like, let down by it. Partly. Really? Yeah, part part of that is largely probably the fault of my own in that I got my hopes up about a lot of things that just didn't seem. It was much smaller. Ended up being a much smaller story mm-hmm. contained here than I was imagining it was going to be. Like, I thought they were building to something larger than it seems they are. Uh-huh. And that's okay, but it's just not, I, I like, I got my hopes way up there, right, about the stuff that I was excited about that didn't come to fruition. Yeah, so I enjoyed watching it for the most part, but also kind of, I don't know. And it wasn't my favorite episode in general, just also the flow of it I thought was a little bleh to me. Okay. Jackie? Yeah, no, I was kind of disappointed that there was, like, no story that it tied into like I was hoping for I don't know more and then it was just so action-packed you know it's not really my thing so I got really bored in a lot of the fights so not my favorite though I mean of course I love you know seeing Grogu and Mando meet up again it was cute and you know seeing some of that stuff was really fun but yeah no it was just it was it was fine Fair enough. I, I feel like we've swapped enthusiasm levels where you two were psyched at the beginning of the season and now I'm like happy about it because <laughs> I only have two words to describe this episode and they are my baby. Yeah, see, I'm on the opposite end there where I I found it kind of annoying that he that he was in it at all. Oh, it was so um, unnecessary and such pandering, but I was here for it. I mean, yeah, you know, to hug him and he like flies and come on. <laughs> yeah no i know it just it was a great moment yeah it kind of solidified for me where they felt like the narrative took this shift more where really the most memorable things about this were mando and the baby fighting the rancor you know it's like yes and it's like okay cool and i I appreciated i thought the rancor was really fun i thought it looked pretty good some of the stuff i thought looked really questionable and i was like once i saw the rancor i was like oh they were saving using their (laughs) entire special effects budget on this rancor it's entirely spent on that which you know that's fine it looked pretty cool for the most part uh, i will say a little tiny nugget that i i don't know if i'm just like running too far with something like i shouldn't but <laughs> but um, which you sister, literally I, just said that yeah, you exactly. were disappointed by it but go ahead let's go means <laughs> but I, I am who i am right but like my sister and i were actually talking about it and it was like the the grogu when he was kind of like taming the rancor and like, mm-hmm. go to sleep and then like cuddling yes with the double nap time yes the best yeah, moment it, of the- it gave major uh vibes to me of uh Ezra Bridger as a Jedi basically like kind of how he uses the force but he's very connected to animals and it made me think about what I was saying I think last week or whatever like mm-hmm. I would really like Ezra uh, got to kind of train the baby in his unconventional style I thought that'd be kind of fun but well, 
who knows if that has anything to do with I just mean it just gave me that vibe. I mean, it, you know. It I could. mean, in fairness, you, know he's you, did, coming. you did manifest some things. I did, so, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you know, them and, all. And, you know, with that, uh, Cad Bane, I was very kind of like, it was my biggest fear of like, oh, you brought him in here just to like kill him. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I'm not saying this would be earned if if this was the case. But my dad did point out after watching it a second time, he's texting us. He was like, oh, you know, when you when you know the last time you see Cad, you know, the light, there's a light on his chest and it's blinking. And like, what does that mean? Does that mean it's like a distress signal sent out or something? I didn't notice it the first time. And I went back and looked and I was like, oh, you're right. Uh, typically, I would have thought, oh, he's calling Toto, his droid buddy who would be coming here to save him but i'm like well we didn't see toto we never met toto who knows what he's doing so it's a thing where it wouldn't really feel earned if suddenly cad's alive but well but by the same token (laughs) with the after credits scene you know nobody apparently nobody can die in the star wars universe anymore yeah well and that scene made me roll my eyes too because i was like i don't know about you two but for me Cobb. Cobb getting shot looked very much like a shoulder wound, so I was actually quite surprised he wasn't in the episode, and the villagers yeah, were acting I... like he was, like, dead. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then and then it was like, oh, never mind, he's not, and he's getting a mod, and I'm like, oh, what, I'm supposed to care? I thought he was alive, so I... <laughs> oh, I thought he was dead, and I thought we were done with him, which would have been fine, you know. Yeah. He Either way, like, whatever. Yeah. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. You know who didn't yeah. serve their purpose was Garza? And she's just gone? She's dead? Yeah, I don't know. For now. I was, I was hoping I was hoping the after credit scene would be Garza instead of him. I was because like I didn't I mean, I don't know. I I didn't think one way or the other too deeply about him being, you know, gone or not gone. Because I, I just didn't I mean, he's a fine character, but I don't need him for the rest of forever, you know. So yeah. I was fine with him dying and then us getting something more interesting happening. Yeah, I don't have particular attachments to him as a character, but it was more very specifically the way he was shot in that episode. Yeah, like, and I, I didn't actually pay anybody. much attention to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he but... just like got shot and turned to the shoulder and fell, and they all rushed up to him. But it just seemed kind of okay. You know, he's probably going to be back, and so I was just more surprised that he wasn't just back. <laughs> like you know, like why <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. he didn't have to do this dramatic thing for it. Like here's the thing, yeah. Also, considering the number of shots, hits, stabs, etc., that multiple characters took this episode, just getting shot in the sco- shoulder is pretty pathetic if that takes him out. Because, like, Black Chrysanthemum took yeah. a beating. He should be. I thought it was going to be Black Chrysanthemum in the back to well, tank, too, which is what said he was that. honest. Yes. Yeah. Also, and it kind of should have been. Have we helped him yet? Because, like, he got. I don't think so. <laughs> I really genuinely think that he was more dead. Also, how did the original Rancor get taken out? So, well, I guess it was a door, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, this one took a beating. And really, not that I wanted to see it die, but it probably should have died multiple times during that battle. (laughs) Well, it was just one of those battles. Yeah, I mean, I hated the battle in general. Like, it was just one of those ones that was just like, they saw a couple of scenes in their head that they wanted to make happen. And then for some reason, they had to do a bunch of stuff that was pretty unbelievable in the mean in the in between to make it all happen. You know, it was just like, I don't know. I feel like the story room must have been like Robert Rodriguez in there and a bunch of like, this is the action that has to happen here. And then the scooter gang has to come back. And then like Disney marketing being like, and we need a gif of this moment and a toy of this moment. And John Favreau also being like, all right, whatever. Because it just felt like a bunch of disparate things strung together into one collective episode that I, I, would, I had a good time, mostly because I got my baby back. <laughs> 
and I was okay with with a lot of the battle stuff. I I guess I kind of pictured it also being a little grander, like not just like on the streets of Mossespa. I thought like, and I, you, you know, mean, I, you mean the two streets? We only yeah, saw two streets of right. Mossespa. I thought I thought like you know I, Tuscans would be coming, and but I just I thought there was just gonna be like a bigger thing, which whatever. But I'm picturing like you know Lord of the Rings, Battle of Mount Doom type of thing, you know. And they're out there and fighting and stuff, but it was just a little more like okay, eh, whatever. And then learning that the other citizens had had been bought by the pikes also it was like okay no no huge shocker there but yeah i don't know it was fun to see mando and boba team up i thought there was some pretty cool stuff they were doing i thought that was like kind of fun to watch uh i liked seeing them with their jetpacks flying around and stuff yeah i you know and i i I didn't like that with cad and i I, their little standoff thing was fine but just he didn't even address fennec and it's just at this point in the canon he has some pretty massive beef with her and I just felt like there. If you're going to bring this character in, it felt like, use him, mm-hmm. you know. Like I, you know, a little bore. I, it just it felt a little a little bit uh, hodgepodge to me. But that's kind of what you were saying about the whole season. So it's not necessarily that it, it wasn't a messy, messily done thing as a whole. And I I could see that, but I was enjoying it. But yeah, I like the first half better than the second half, which is shocking to me. One of my notes is: I wonder if Matt regrets them bringing in Cad Bane. <laughs> Well, yeah, only only because of, of what happened. Because they murdered him immediately. Seeing yeah. Him. yeah, but... <laughs> also, is it, wasn't this premise essentially the same as the season one Mando shootout thing? Because, like, they're trapped in a cantina. There's only one exit, blah, blah. I was like, are we just only going to recycle this trope or yeah, situation? I, I thought that same thing and kind of brought up. And I was like, this feels just like a more poorly done finale of season one Mando. And it just, you know, they're like exactly everything you just said. It just felt like that. But the threat felt way less uh, mm-hmm. imminent. It yeah, it, I guess that's Empire what it was, is, like, I can get into fights if I care about the ending. And, like, right. I didn't want everyone to get, you know, I didn't want everyone to get massacred or anything. But it just felt kind of, I don't know, the stakes weren't there for me. Like, I don't really care if Boba gets control of the town or not. There was one moment where I was like, maybe they're going to kill Boba Fett. I kind of thought it, too. You know? Yeah, I, I thought that would have been better. Yeah, because it would have made more sense in terms of, okay, it's the book because he was at portion of it and then we're continuing on in the greater right. scheme of and things here's, here's how the final days of his life affect what yeah because he's yeah. such an important yeah. character to fandom that it would have been nice for them to like give us like how he dies or like what he does you know yeah and that would have made the baby yeah it would have made the whole thing make more sense and i guess i mean i guess figuring out that you know they killed the Tuscan Raiders instead of some random gang or whatever was supposed to be some big reveal but it just felt like a little, not that, not that exciting, right? Well, like, like not as exciting as having Tuscan Rangers show situ- up and help of the fight. The situation <laughs> at hand of like, oh, the mayor and the pikes and everything they were doing felt like the first grade explanation of what was going on here to me compared to what I was thinking and scheming about. And to be fair, Star Wars movies and shows so far have not proven to for the most part, be these like really crazy, intricate, plotted things. Like they are pretty simple, you know. Well, they're for yeah. a wider audience. I yeah, think no, like that, that's not even a dig. Was, yeah. I, but it's yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't actually fair of me to be thinking like, oh, there's this. I'm thinking almost in Marvel terms, honestly. And there's a big bad behind the bad that's going this. You know, it's like all this. I'm almost thinking in the way that they're layered like that. Yeah, I, I think the books. Bigger an extended sort of content has influenced that, right? Because you have all this extra context, and so you expect them to incorporate it, especially when they're using characters who are prominent in those parts. But then when they 
just sort of make them one dimensional and serve only one purpose. It's like, all right, like, like I don't understand the motivation of him telling them about the Tuscan Raiders, except for to piss him off and like get, well, he was hoping to get him right. My thought was he was hoping to get him riled so that he would just attack him and like make a mistake. Yeah, and make a mistake rather. Yeah, that, that bad motion. Like that, it, it felt there. very inelegant in terms of. Yeah, yeah but you're, it, it's a good point that you made about the books too, because I was like, to be fair, I am just coming off of a big fat reread of all six of the canon Thrawn books. Yeah, so. <laughs> and those are about Thrawn being a mastermind, so it's like. Right, <laughs> yeah. having only read yeah. one Thrawn book that yeah. had more, you know, more political depth. intrigue yeah. in it than yeah. half of the shows and series I've seen, which it not. To say there's anything wrong with either one is better, no, but they're just yeah. different beasts. A hundred percent, yeah. No. Yeah. So I, I, it's one of those things where, depending on how things move forward with future stuff that's happening, I'm either going to look back on it with eventually like a fondness that's like, oh yeah, you know, because I, I did really enjoy watching it. I was loving it and I had a good time and whatever. And there are, are things that I really am glad that happened in it. Or I'm going to look back and be like, that was wasteful. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is going to be. Yet. But right now I don't really have a lot of desire to rewatch it. Again, all I care about is the great reunion. They could have ended it there, honestly. When when just over, we popped out of the exit. I was like, "Great, we're good. I'm good." Yeah, it goes to us text. It's like Boba Fett died. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally so bored in the middle of that fight. It was like reading on my phone, and so I missed the moment. And then suddenly, the baby is in his arms, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute!" So I had to like retract and go back to it. I I'm not gonna. I did get a little legitimately misty eyed. <laughs> I was so happy. It was cute. I will say I really did not appreciate this weird heli, like what do we call that? Like wagon chase thing. Oh, I I wanted to die. And when they like crashed and like, I think it's funny that didn't grab the baby and didn't care about anybody else when they're all midair, but it looked so bad. Yes, but that is the priority. That's the correct thing to do. hundred percent. I would do the same, but it's like, how the hell does something like this? Why? It wasn't even an important plot point. Just, Cut that whole part out. I just, I, just I think weird. it's their homage to westerns, right? It's I the guess. instead of yeah. and the like her tooth, like she spits out her tooth, and like I don't know. Oh, I missed like, that part. It look better. I just, I don't know. It was like the longest episode. I think it was about an hour, and it, it certainly felt longer than that to me because it was. It felt like it was just dragging the content. Yeah. The things that happened were smaller than that, and they could have done more. I had a. There's 20 minutes left. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Well, but you know, right. it, it serves its purpose for some, and I. I, I'll forever be happy I got to see someone riding a Rancor live action. There you go. And I will be happy when that baby gif hits. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's coming. <laughs> it's it's got to exist. The little yes. hug. Yeah. And then the, and then at the end, when they speed, they speed away. And it's just... Oh, yeah. When he's, he's like tapping. That was really adorable. Yeah. <laughs> see, those like, moments baby, are just, yes. I will watch. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. has its moments. And then, and then we got our reveal that we were all wrong. The next show is Obi-Wan. <laughs> Yeah. Not a big reveal, but just a bit of news. Yeah. Yeah. May 25th, right? May 25th. That'll be. the 45th anniversary of A New Hope, which is kind of cool. I didn't know that was, like, coming. And so when I was like, oh, it's May the 4th, May the 4th, it makes sense that it would be. On the yeah. Anniversary. It's kind of cool. But, They're like, just kidding. It's yeah, actually. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a show that I, I have a hard time getting super excited about, but I'm 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 feeling the sadness of not having something to look forward to this week, Star Wars-wise. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm ready. Yes. Well. We also got a plethora of other content to get amped or not amped about. Uh, the Superb Owl showed us so many things. I mean, let's just let's get in. That's strange. Let's talk about strange. You know, it's the it's the, I, I this is my big thing about it. I wish that should 
who it sounds like is in it, being one Charles Xavier, played by one Sir Patrick Stewart. If he's in it, I wish they'd left. I, I didn't want that hint. I wanted to just experience it in the moment, like Spider-Man. Like, I, I didn't want to go into it knowing. I agree. How cool I, would that have been? I have a, I thought about, I have a, a, a coworker who did go to a screening of the film and told me nothing about it because I don't want to know, and that's great and everything. But oh, they've already about, seen it. Oh, wow. It's our, okay. Yeah, like an early, like an early, oh, okay, it okay. was like, like a month or something ago, I think. Okay. But I thought of this coworker because I was like, God, but that must have been one thing that, that was just like biting the tongue. Like, I want to say this thing because you know the information. And it's like, yeah. I would, if I was that person, I'd be bummed if they revealed it in the trailer for everybody else. And it's like, no, you want to like, you know, that's one of those things that's so cool. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. And I thought, I think that just the shot of him kind of like wheeling up would have been okay enough if you wanted to put in the trailer. I don't think you needed his voice. I don't, I don't think we needed it at all. You know, great, I, but if you just showed just over the shoulder, that would have gone over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. But hearing his voice is unmistakable. Right. But well, it's not like my favorite trailer I've ever seen in my entire life or anything, but it certainly got me more excited than the one at the end of No Way Home. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, this movie, I have a lot of, you know, this. I've been thinking that this would be a top movie for me as far as the Marvel Universe goes ever since it was announced. And it's like, I've been worried about it with all the reshoots and all this whatever, but it still looks like it could be very messy and very, uh, but uh, I got a lot more excited for it than I was. Okay. I'm excited about it, but there's so much writing on this movie in some ways, you know, um, as far as like story, you know, in the future of MCU goes, and it, which isn't to say they can't walk it back and they can't fix it or like whatever, if this one ends up being not great, but I'm excited. Of course, Wanda, you know, with her line um, about breaking rules was pretty wonderful. And then the thing that was kind of weird for me was it's clear, like America Chavez is clearly in it, but then... There was like a scene with someone who's like Gumby, you know, can like stretch, which mm-hmm. is Ms. Marvel's powers, you know, the new one. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of wondering if she's in it, which I guess would make sense since her TV show. Yeah, I was looking for that coming. shot. I don't. I can't. Oh, I saw. I saw it too. Yeah, it it's just weird. it's one arm stretches out, almost a little bit uh, fantastic style. Well, was I was going to say I yeah. have a major. Yeah. I think he's in it, so I don't know. But well, my my first gut thought though was Miss Marvel, just because yeah. I I feel like there was something at some point that said she's in the movie, mm. which again, in terms of timing, I know, make the most sense. I know but... she's in. I know she's in Marvels, right. but. It feels weird to me that they would debut her in the movie before her own show, if her show is over. But maybe, that, I guess. Well, not necessarily. Because that's, that's you know, really... you know everyone's going to see this movie, right? Yeah. Especially yeah, coming off of Spider-Man. So You could intro her in it. Right? Yeah. yeah. It just, like, yeah, it's so know. many but things. And that stresses me out. Because if she ends up being in it, it kind of stresses me out. Because I don't want them to do the thing where they're debuting too many characters in one film. Like, mm-hmm. DC's problem is that they tend to put too or at least the old spider-man movies too um they have too many villains they have too many characters and then it ends up being real messy you know i mean but if we think about who we saw in it it's like okay well we've got wanda who we're familiar with we've got chiwetel edge of i can't remember his character's name is back oh, so uh, like we, I'm of his I name but but okay. we've got a baddie yeah. who's we've got one baddie who we already know we've got evil strange who we already know you know we've got Patrick Stewart probably who we already zombies so zombie possibly, strange Z- zombie strange right and the so posters a clear Captain Peggy Captain Carter oh Captain right but uh, but technically speaking yeah. these are all things that have been introduced so mm-hmm. in terms of new characters it might be just the two of them you know yeah. I mean I, I, we'll probably get more peripheral ones but yeah. important ones it seems like. The rest of the cast is actually people we've met before. 
Sure, yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting because like the the stuff with Professor X, it feels very Illuminati. I don't know if that's actually what they're doing or not, but it seems very that way. And he's like going in front of a panel and stuff. And that would be a cool thing to introduce and a cool way to introduce the ideas of mutants. Uh, I wonder who they're going to put on that panel, but we see Ultron bots, you know, walking them in. In what if we have a very big Ultron storyline that I think could play over here? I was we're like, getting, we're getting zombie strange. I'm gonna strange. have to finish what if because of You're this. Gonna, yeah, we're getting zombie strange. We might even get zombie Wanda. She's a big thing in what if, but we're getting. We, we know we're. I mean, I don't know if it's really gonna happen or not. But they, the, the tease for Captain Carter on the poster is like clear as day. It's not like these other things. Where people are like, oh, I think that's Deadpool's face. It's like it is her shield in one of the shards of glass. Like it's like yeah. yeah. And so whether she's in it for anything substantial or not it seems like okay cool we're getting her and then you know we see wanda fighting what looks to be like captain marvel but maybe not carol but could be maria in a different different timeline could be monica we don't know but also it could be you know superior it could be iron man and I, there's all kinds of stuff that like it might get crazy with how much they introduce right but i don't know what is one more person when you're introducing 10? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I mean, know that also, also, I realized we completely forgot to address is, you know, if this is a multiverse, it seems that Starro has crossed over from Suicide <laughs> Yeah, this is like this is a DC team up. I'm sure Jackie is overjoyed about. Yeah. Thrilled. Yep. I, maybe it's an unpopular opinion. I didn't need this trailer because I was going to see it anyway. And yeah. I don't need you to give me all the things up front i would yeah. have enjoyed personally discovering it in the moment yeah but i, I understand i understand why they did it and the buzz is you know they succeeded but yeah it's got everybody talking and i just now i'm going to spend the rest the next two months of my life or however long just wondering if this is the illuminati like if they're gonna what characters they're going to do on the panel of that it's low know? hanging for but do we think deadpool is showing up in this if we're playing the multiverse game and we're bringing in patrick stewart and we're well, trying to cash in that check no i know that's what people DM, but do so maybe, we think <laughs> i tend to hope not because of who i am but i i wouldn't put it past even if just for like an appearance like a cameo, cameo. yeah like you could throw in just different cameos and stuff yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it seems I can't seem I can't I can't figure out what the purpose of it would be. <laughs> but I am curious with this. I know I keep going back to the Illuminati thing, but if it is the Illuminati and it is Professor X and 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 Professor X is from not our universe and those X Men movies are a different universe, it begs the question to me. Where I'm like, is this an Illuminati from whatever part of the multiverse that is who's watching the multiverse? Or is it like consisting of multiverse, different people from the different parts of the multiverse? You know what I mean? Like, or are they all from yeah. the same? Because Steven does join it, but it's a thing where it's like, would he, if he did join it in this one, let's say, would it be with Professor X from that part of the multiverse with Namor from a different part of the multiverse if he's there and with Reed Richards from not our, you know, it's like, it, it starts to get so complicated. <laughs> right. That, so not not knowing the background of it and just being like, my assumption was only recognizing Professor X and not knowing what the Illuminati storyline is, but I can guess. I'll have to dig out my old comics. My read on the situation was, oh, you know, it's a council consisting of probably m multiple people from multiple universes who are gate, you know, gatekeepers to this yeah. order or whatever it is. And that we'll be seeing, that's, that's how they'll justify, you know, 
oh, you know, you've got Professor X from one and maybe maybe we'll get a cameo from like, oh God, you know, uh, a Fantastic Four from another or whatever whatever it is. Like it's a way to recycle people. Yeah. And and that, you know, I can totally see a moment where Strange is going on a, like a tour de multiverses during a battle or something, right? And we see like a Deadpool show up. That, yeah, no, totally. And, and, you know, we also saw like, strange in his like defender outfit which they I thought looked kind of crazy but they showed it and I was like maybe he's from a different universe obviously and he's part of it like who knows yeah but I will just leave it with one of the loves of my Marvel life Black Bolt of the Inhumans is a member of the, of this uh, Illuminati and if he was introduced here um, it would make me very happy you could do the Illuminati in a way where you could show these characters without giving a bunch of context on each one of them, but just right. showing that they exist and you don't have to go into like huge Reed Richards introduction, huge Namor introduction. But Although this goes back to Jackie's problem and, and rightfully so of the like too many introductions in one. Yeah. Movie. But it's like, if you yeah. show them as like a, Oh, who are they? Who are they? But you don't really go into this big detail. And then they, you get more, you get their movies later that you're right. Or you know, like yeah. that would yeah, be yeah, cool yeah, with me, yeah. but I don't need, yeah, you don't need a big backstory about why the Illuminati formed right. in this movie. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure they'll do it as exposition. Sure. Yeah. And then let's see. The other trailer we got was we got Moon Knight, which, you know, it didn't I didn't feel like, like it gave us a same. ton more. Yeah. yeah. I saw that that Ethan Hawke is playing maybe the Sun King, which is interesting. I don't know. I don't uh, even know who that so is. So that's a different character than I presume previously. Yeah, thought, I was kind of disappointed by that trailer because I was like, oh, this isn't I don't know. We didn't get much. But maybe right. it's good. Maybe we don't need more, right? Like maybe it's like yeah, the right. opposite. It's right that. around the corner. So I mean, the thing but when is, you is see, but when you see how they, well, it's like, but when you see how they do these trailers and they do give us much, maybe too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we complain about it. So no, but I'm like makes me wonder. I'm like, oh, is this you giving us more than we should get? And is this gonna be the most boring show of all time? Yeah, like, is that <laughs> or are you hiding? Or maybe they're hiding some sort of reveal. Yeah. To get more people to watch the TV shows, but giving a lot in the movies so that we know, you know, mm. what we have to watch as far as movies yeah. go. That's possible. Because the TV shows do kind of rely on some weekly, week after week buzz, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, like, the movies, for example, they're trying to convince people to come back to the theaters in the middle of a pandemic. So, I mean, part of that is, like, hey, it'll be worth it. You're going to get lots of clues and cool mm-hmm. characters that you love. I think part of it and maybe their original strategy pre-pandemic wouldn't have involved telling us all this stuff. But I think in some ways they really have to convince a lot of people, you know, and they did with Spider-Man, but only after they told us what was going to happen in it. You right. know, I was just so, going to say, yeah, it's a, it's a proven model. Yeah. And so it's like, would we have known before? Maybe, but maybe they wouldn't have. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say because trying to convince people to come back to theaters now is more their job than it was before yeah. yeah they did they did show up uh america chavez kind of face to face with a weird mummy type monster and multiverse madness so yeah. i feel like they're trying to play a game yeah where like the movies will feed into the shows a lot more than vice versa mm-hmm. maybe so that it's like oh you have to go see the movie to really want to care about the show more but not <laughs> right and i think they learned from agents of shield right i think they learned that people <laughs> didn't necessarily want an offshoot that had nothing to do with the the main storyline right like we we didn't want that like we want it to tie into the main narrative and so it's it's a tightrope walk for sure but hopefully that's what they've learned and and so far I mean it seems like you know whether or not we get massive reveals in each show they are proving to like play to this main narrative which is cool right and also you know I think the challenge with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that it was really 
B to C to D list in the rankings of Marvel, like power characters, right? There's nothing wrong with that, but it's like the support teams as opposed to whether or not you consider them top tier. You know, Hawkeye got a show. <laughs> Hawkeye gets a show. Wanda, you know, is a top Avenger. I think it's it's trying to say like, hey, these are actually important characters. Like Falcon Winter Soldier, you know, these are, anyone who gets a show at this point is actually not being relegated. It's now considered close to at least like movie level yeah and quality as well it's like you know that was back there relying on abc i mean look at the the mishap that unfortunately was in humans like sad for me yeah uh it's one of the biggest tragedies of my life like it was supposed to be a movie and then gets put to that show and i even tried to enjoy it and i enjoyed things about it but just the quality of it just felt like a school production versus like no offense people sorry but it did compared to like what the movies feel well it's also budget right and like buy-in so it's not I'm sure oh, they yeah, did the best. I'm sure they all did the yeah, best yeah, that they had yeah. with resources they had, but it just, it didn't stand, uh, it didn't live up to what the quality of what Marvel's doing is. Not that that's the best thing of all time either, but it just didn't. And so these are starting to, so yeah, it's. Well, I feel like that's a good segue and transition to uh, Rings of Power. We got the teaser trailer there. We did. I, I didn't love it. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. It's giving me a little bit of Wheel of Time vibes and I didn't love what they did with wheel of time and i know that they're different production companies and different whatever but i'm just i'm worried about amazon's ability to adapt these major tentpole fantasy series or fantasy like franchises into series i liked wheel of time better than i expected to so there's that um but i i think it was trying really hard to be lord of the rings in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so it's kind of nice to see a lord of the rings show look lord of the ringsy and it does look really pretty it looks like they spent some good money on it. I know nothing about this period, so it would be interesting to see what Matt thinks about it. But yeah, I mean, they were going to get me to watch anyway, so I guess they didn't have to work very hard for me really here. Mm. Uh, it's it's curious, the territory, because it's very... Well, I'll say, I think it I think it was a cool little trailer. I liked it. I don't love every single thing about it or anything like that, but yeah, I think it's pretty... There are certain things, like first location you see, I, I'm, I think is Numenor, which is something that like... I, just a child inside of me is just like oh my god like there's it's kind of like watching the trailers for lord of the rings over for the first time and kind of seeing these locations uh for the very first time that you know in live action this has kind of given me some of that which is making me happy because it's places that are unexplored in the third age which is when the movies take place right that we watch it's hard because the the content that it's based on based with how with with, with what the rights that bezos acquired (laughs) essentially Mm -hmm. to do here because i guess he's a mega fan which is why he oh, I didn't know that. get it and yeah, optioned it. This is on track to be like perhaps the most expensive show ever made at this point. Right. I do appreciate, and I'm all over the place, but it, it, as far as the, the dedication to the story they want to tell, I appreciate that they're taking this approach that is seemingly a little bit different than how Game of Thrones was handled in that they obviously want it, they want to make the next Game of Thrones, but they have said, we are making five seasons. We have budgeted this for each season. I don't know how many episodes each season is, but it's, this thing is going to cost well over a billion dollars to do, to make at this point. Like when you add everything up with what it costs them to get the rights from the estate. But what's kind of weird about it is that the rights that they have are not much different at all than the rights that WB already had for, or you know, New Line Cinema had for their films. So they have Lord of the Rings and they have The Hobbit and that surrounding material. They don't have the Silmarillion and things in the first stage, but they have the oh. appendices of Lord of the Rings. And so 
from everything I can tell that I think I'm pointing, that I'm like seeing in this that I think is this, is that Galadriel doing what she's doing, uh, you know, things like that. Like it feels very appendices, mm. but then there's a lot that is, okay, I see that character's a new character. There's people that are being created. There's a princess dwarf of Casa Doom, which is kind of cool, but like we don't know any female dwarves in Lord of the Rings. Like, so it, it's expanding it in a way that I think could be really, really cool. But it's interesting territory in that the only people that are going to be really critiquing what's very accurate in it are the people who are crazy like me and read the appendices. But people who just, a lot of people have read Lord of the Rings, but not the appendices because it reads like an encyclopedia, like the Silmarillion, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. well, I, that's funny. I, I didn't realize that that's what they had the rights to. Because like, I remember reading the Silmarillion and being like, this is like a dictionary, basically. Yeah. Ew, well, that's, hmm, okay. That's interesting. Uh, in some ways, that actually, because like in some ways, that actually excites me more in the sense that they I love more. their commitment to it, right? And I love that they have more wiggle room in the story to tell a good modern story. You know, not that it has to be perfectly modern or anything, but obviously, like we don't need like regurgitation of a bunch of other things. So, in some ways, like I'm happy they can update little bits of it and like move forward without it feeling like so off base or you know what I mean like I just like that they have some wiggle room you know and and the fact that we saw like you know a black elf and and stuff is nice and it'll be cool to have more uh, female characters right because I was joking with someone the other day because I was like I don't remember what happened but I said something oh that reminds me of AON and they were like who's AON and I and I kind of flippantly was like oh the only other woman who has a line except for Arwen and then it's like of course there were you know like a mother and a couple other people had lines in Lord of the Rings, but very few, right? Oh, I was like Galadriel is the only other one I can think of. Yeah, of course, right? So that's not this. Yeah, yeah, you know, they weren't. There were only yeah. three, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. three. Yes, yeah. And so it's like, okay, sure. Was that more? You know, and they even added. I mean, most of Arwen's stuff is you know pretty added, right? So from the pendencies and stuff too. So it's like I'm right about that, right? I thought so, but I don't. Yeah, like the love story between her and Aragorn is more, but is not like fleshed out in the books. And then she doesn't save, she doesn't save Frodo on horseback. Or that's a whole other character that wasn't in the movies. Yeah. So it's like, so I'm excited about like updates that we can do that way and having sort of the wiggle room to tell a good story. And I think their commitment level to it is hopefully something that's really good. They're at least taking it seriously enough to know that like this is a story that matters to a lot of people. And if they do it right, yes, they can make a lot of money, right? But they've seen what can happen when they do it wrong, like the Hobbit movies, right? Which were, you know, pretty universally disliked. So, it's still I don't know, a lot I, of money. I, yeah, they still made a lot of money, and so I still, I still have hope. I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't know that it'll be the next Game of Thrones. I mean, God, I hope so, right? Like, I hope I love a water cooler show that everyone watches, and we're all enthralled in as a culture. Like, I. I love that. So, you know, yeah, whatever it ends up being, I'm I'm happy. But, you know, Lord of the Rings means a lot to me. So hopefully, hopefully they do it justice. If, if they're doing what I think they're doing, it seems that it can be treated very of itself in comparison to Lord of the Rings in that it's a completely different age. It's thousands of years before Lord of the Rings. You know, we are going it, it, being that they're calling it the Rings of Power, and then every time you see Galadriel in this trailer, which is more than a few times, she's not wearing a ring. So, so this is, I think, covering basically the beginning of men, kind of. You know, Numenor that I mentioned is like the oldest kingdom of men. You know, this is before Gondor and all these other kingdoms that rise up, and covering that when 
elves and much more magical beings were kind of what were what were happening here. And so, you know, we see young Elrond in the trailer. Obviously, it's young Galadriel. We see Gil-Galad is an amazing character. I think that was him in there. And like, it, we're getting a lot of cool stuff like that and covering the events around Sauron, creating the One Ring, or I mean, creating the Magic Rings and then the, eventually the One Ring because the Magic Rings didn't work the way he wanted them to. But witnessing all of that happening, there's going to be a lot of political intrigue, a lot of world expanding. Uh, we're leaving Middle Earth, essentially. We're on di- totally different continents here, right? So it's like, it could be kind of in and of itself its own thing. And being that there are thousands of years between this and what we know in the movies, the possibilities of, of beyond this are really extensive as well, right? If the five seasons do really well, then they, they, they could tell so many stories that are not fully fleshed out. So in some ways, yeah, they have more creative liberties while respecting what is there. And I don't know. I mean, I think the thing for me is none of my hesitation about it has anything to do with the updates they made. I'm all for that stuff. I think my challenge is having felt burned by something like Game of Thrones is if I didn't even know they'd committed to five seasons. If they have, do they have an outline? Like, do we know where this is going? Do we have a great, great story to tell in all this? Because if you do, great. I'm totally in. But, you know, I think where where Game of Thrones lost its way is when they ran out of the source material and then they felt like they were winging it. You know, and, yeah. and I don't if they'd known from the beginning, like, hey, this is where it's going. I'm sure they would have made different decisions. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I think I, that they have taken notes on what happened to Game of Thrones and are decide, decidedly doing something different. Like, it really seems that way to me based on everything I've read about it. And yeah, I think that they're going to speed up a timeline a little bit. I don't think it's actually going to cover all these thousands of years as thousands of years because they right, want right. some of the men to be in the humans to stay alive the whole time. But I think we're going to get to a sealed door. I think. You know, we're going to get through a lot of things. I think that this could culminate with eventually leading up to the battle at Mount Doom. Mm. Eventually. And I don't think we'll go past there, but there's a lot between where this is starting and that moment. And you see Galadriel looking to snuff out the remains of Morgoth, which is essentially the devil in all of that. Sauron basically bases all of his plans after. This is like her going out trying to like rid the entirety of, of the world of the remnants of Morgoth and people that were still following him. And so she's, because she's on a revenge tale type of thing. And it could be interesting. Yeah. I think, I mean, I guess the way I interpreted it when I read that, you know, about five, I guess I hope also that they have planned it out, but it makes me think that they have, if they very specifically are like, we have five seasons planned, right? Like it makes me feel like they have some level of outline at that point. It's not like there's now five what happens after, Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's like, so it's like, I hope that's true. And obviously we've all been burned so deeply by some of this stuff that it's it's hard to trust. But I mean, yeah, I have hope. There is still hope. All right. Well, well, I mean, we have till September. So let's switch gears. Speaking of adaptations, we saw Death on the Nile. Did we enjoy ourselves? Oh, you're both nodding yes. I mean, it was about what I expected. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like it wasn't it wasn't any different than I thought it was going to be, I guess. That's fair. Did you enjoy yeah. Murder on the Orient Express? Well enough, yeah. And oh, so okay. I like a, I love a murder mystery. And I think these are, I mean, this one was full of so many problematic people. <laughs> so but, many. Uh, all very pretty. And I love, I liked the look of it a lot. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it's not like I rewatch Murder on the Orient Express ever. So Yeah, I, I went into it really low expectations because I actually did not like Murder of the Orient Express very much. I thought it was very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And 
I was really excited for that one. I the cast I liked, but I'm a big you know Michelle Pfeiffer nut, and I was like, oh Michelle, and I loved her in it. But I just thought the I don't know, it just was underwhelming. But I thought this would be the same, and then also the disappointing people in it and stuff like that. Uh, I liked it a lot more than I liked Murder on the Orient Express. Oh wow! Yeah, I enjoyed it. I I don't think it's like the most amazing thing of all time. I already did recommend it to my sister though, because I know she likes a whodunit. But I had a good time, and I haven't read the book or anything, and it it did keep me guessing. I did, I did catch on to some of the things that I was very proud about. But I, because some of the explanations, I was like, how did you figure that out? But, you know, but I caught on to some of it thinking, okay, this and that. But I had a really good time, like really trying to guess. I felt this one stayed more a mystery for me than the other one did. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I've read it. And so, and I've seen different versions of it, I guess. So I wasn't shocked by any of it, but I had my fun. Yeah. I I just assumed from the start, I was like, oh, it's Army Hammer because he's the worst. Yeah. And I was right. Just spoilers. I was correct. I did not. I really didn't enjoy Murder on the Orient Express. And I, part of it was I read the book right before seeing the movie because I was like, oh, yes, I will read the source material. And then I was like, well, I know who did it. Yeah. So for Death on the Nile, I didn't know who did it, but I still didn't really enjoy it. Didn't help you. Didn't help me much. Yeah, I liked the the overall theme that they kept on going with, with like, just the crazy, mad, crazy love and being like things you'll do for love and that kind of thing. I, I liked that. And I was, I, I thought it was smarter than Orient Express in the way that the setup of it also, I felt like they learned from some of the mistakes in that, in that they, it got, it, it, it and this could be a, also a thing that people complain about with it. I, I have no idea. And I, I would be valid, I'm sure. But it took a while to get to this murder. Like it was, it really spent its time kind of setting people up and setting things up and like it got me invested enough to where I actually was like wait but who's going to be killed <laughs> and I thought maybe it would be killed but it was just like but who is going to be killed here and then the, I liked that there were three murders and that there were like, I liked that it kept going and it was more like oh okay it just I don't know it kept me much more interested and I thought yeah the, the all the Egypt backdrop and stuff as fake as some of it looked I thought it was pretty and fun and it just, I it was here. could not figure out what was up with a lot of the framing choices in this movie like, there are just some really awkward close-ups. It didn't feel like it was I, – I don't know what they shot it on, but I was like, this just feels cheap. Even though I know mm. it's not cheap, it felt cheap to me. Yeah, I could see that. It kind of had a look that – and this sounds so mean, but kind of what we talked about, like, if it was on Netflix, like a Netflix yeah. movie, it, I could have seen that. Yes. I will <laughs> say with cinematography, I liked some of it, but then, like, when he was interrogating the lawyer guy – or whatever, uh-huh. and it was just the whole the, it was the camera. It was just going around in a circle the whole time because he. Was, oh, I hated that. I was yeah. walking around the whole time. I like it lasted so long. Like I almost had to look away. I was like, I'm getting nauseous. Like, this, <laughs> it was too much. It was just too much. I was like, oh. you need to stop this. I love movies set in that time period with all the costumes and the makeup and and all that stuff too, which I I thoroughly enjoyed. So. I thought the characters I... were fun. Too, like oh really part, i was yeah. just like murder them all it's fine by me <laughs> oh yeah i wasn't like gonna be super sad for anyone dying but i was more kind of i thought they were they were kind of more fun characters than orient express where like i thought michelle's character was fun in that because I, I always i always like that karen huger character i guess i liked murder on the orient express more, more than you guys did because i didn't hate it i, I mean i thought it was disappointing in some ways but you know, because I was I was more excited for it than I was for this movie. But, you know. Um, well, I, I think I, I think part of it for me is I was trying to think about it in the context of something like Knives Out, where I was like, Agatha Christie, is just, it's very dated. 
And I don't think they do enough to modernize it. And I know murder, not murder, a death on the Nile is trying to do it in some ways, right? It's like, okay, this whole storyline about, you know, interracial couples, I don't think that's in the books. But at the same time, just the way the crimes are committed feels so... And yes, I get it. It's a period piece. And in 70 or 80 years, which is how old the source material is, I'm sure somebody will say that about Knives Out too, right? It's like, I can't, but who who does this this way? You know, this is so antiquated in terms of whodunits. But I I feel like it was such a attempting to be faithful adaptation that it didn't account for the fact that like audiences have evolved considerably since Agatha Christie wrote the original book. Maybe that's just yeah. No, that's probably true. But I I felt that much more about Murder on the Orient Express than I did this one. Like that one to me felt much more of to me. I was like, this feels like a very specific time that this was in- interesting to people. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I don't. Know, I just I I found that one boring, and I was just and then I didn't. I just didn't care much. But yeah, I don't know. This one just got yeah. me a little bit more into flair of it. Yeah, okay. I had a good time. All right. Well, Matt, you recommended it to one person at least. Jackie, are you? Yeah, I recommended it to someone, but it's someone I watch a lot of whodunits with. So, and okay. she was probably going to watch it anyway, honestly, because she just she loves Agatha Christie. So, uh, oh yeah, I mean, if you like Agatha Christie, this is one hundred percent like the correct thing to watch. But I, I think anybody who's not already a fan, this isn't going to convert you certainly. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not going to like be like, oh, I better go start reading Agatha Christie books now because I like this movie. You know, right. it's not. No, I read, I mean, yeah, I used to love Agatha Christie when I was a kid. So I read a bunch of them in, like, middle school. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think this for me is like, a, eh, if it's on a streaming platform for free at some point, sh- and you're bored, sure. But I'm not going to try to convince people to go back to movies. This is not going to be the thing for me. Also, again, full of so many problematic people. Yeah, that was that's disappointing. That's the sad thing. That's the hard yeah. part. And also, I just, one other, Annette Benning. What, why, why, why? She's a great actress, but why cast her with this terrible accented role? Yeah, it was a very, I love Also Army Hammer with his terrible accent. Yeah, but I, I would say agreed, but for all of his horribleness, I thought that he kind of pulled in more of a performance than she did. Like, I felt like she just phoned it completely in. And I love her, but it just felt kind of, I keep forgetting she's even in it, and I should never forget that she's in a movie for me. I don't know. But Army, even though he ended up being behind things, he, for me, like the scenes when he finds that she's dead and this and that, and he's whatever, I, I believe them. Oh, really? <laughs> I, those those yeah, were the I moments for me where I was like, oh, this is such terrible acting. Of course, mm. this character is not actually upset by this. And that's why he's like, uh, actually, uh. fun fact I for a second thought that Letitia. Oh, it be behind it because when I think it was one of the shots when she was with when her guy was whatever dead, where <laughs> she was like crying, but I was like, you're not crying. And I thought, you know, I've liked her as an actress. I'm, I'm trying not to let like my opinions of her currently sway the fact that I, I liked her. I mean, I saw her in Black Mirror. I thought she was good in that before I saw her as Shuri. And I think she's a cute Shuri. <laughs> we haven't seen a lot of Shuri, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I like her fine. So I, I was like, so I thought, oh, I wonder if it's her because she's trying to act bad. But no, she just wasn't very good. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, again, we she's got her own issues as well. I do like Gal, but there was just no chemistry between her and Army Hammer's character. So yeah. like, Which is why okay. I ended up liking that he was playing her in that. I was like, oh, okay. So then 
you know. Yeah, yeah, it made, it made more heavy, sense. But like they, yeah, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that, um, I can't remember the actress's name, but the, 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 the main main lady who was behind it with ARMY. Oh, uh, Emma Mackey. Yeah, I thought she was great. She is. It took me so long scenes. to place her. She's from Sex Education. Oh, that's what it is. I was like, I know yeah. your face. I know your face. I was just very like, <laughs> uh, but she, I thought she really did a good job though. I know. Scenes, I I, was like, Ooh. I felt bad. She was carrying that movie. Yeah, she really was. Yeah. Which yeah. which says a lot when like I can't even place her name and I know most of the people's names. Yeah, that's, you know, I mean, you kind of stand out. Yeah, because I didn't know her from anything, but I thought she was great. Yeah, kind of like Knives Out. Like I knew who Anna Darmus was at the time, but she's kind of like to me. I mean, I I think there's a lot of fun characters in that, but she's like the no. She was absolutely movie. a standout. Yeah, and she's yeah. barely even marketed. It's all just about the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis is there. Well, I think part of it with that was like she. I didn't know who she was beforehand, but also it was easy to focus on her because you knew you expected things out of all the big names, yeah. as opposed to this one character who you're like, oh, I don't know who that is, or maybe you know you barely like, know who it is, and then hardly, she turns into like great performance, as did everyone. But and then they they hardly advertised her, and I only knew who she was because of obsessed with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's like literally and, the only reason, and I love her in that. That's the only. I reason. I just saw a poster for whatever movie she and Ben Affleck made together, and I was I like, oh together. boy. <laughs> Oh, the the Armist stands are gonna. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which actually is kind of a good segue. Speaking of <laughs> Ben, <laughs> unless anyone has any parting thoughts on Death on the Nile. No. <laughs> Speaking of Ben Affleck, and then the Six Degrees of Separation to one Jennifer Lopez. We watched Marry Me. What did how did how did favorite film of the year? Favorite film of the year. I mean, a yeah. masterpiece. Obviously, clearly. Favorite film of the year. A two-hour-long commercial. Legit, yeah. Not even trying to pretend. Even just like, a commercial. I wouldn't even call it a commercial. I would say that it was a music video. A sponsored music video. A very sponsored music video. Yes. Yeah. Her diamond-crusted swell bottle that had swell written right on it. I love or that. swell written right on it. And then, like, what was the other thing? There was some Vitamix. other. It was all Vitamix. The Vitamix. And then there was some other egregious thing that I was just like, Okay. I liked um, that Vitamix thing. Was she was actually filming. Brand? What was that? Was the other thing that the product placement was the fashion brand? Oh, maybe. Well, there no. were there were two others. It was it was one point. Maybe it was like <laughs> the iPhone thing, or like I don't remember. There was some moment when I was watching it that I was like, oh my. No, there's God. two. There's the, it's a kid in the classroom and he's on a tablet and he goes, "Hey Google." Oh yeah, yes. That was the moment where I was like, oh my God, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then he follows it up and he's like, hey, Mr. Whatever, Mr. Owen Wilson's character, I built you a website on like Wix or Weebly or one yeah, of those like things. And he like things. names the website. I was like, what? I was what? like, no one could get this movie made except for JLo called a bunch of brands she already works for and was like, hey, yeah. I want to make an extra long music video. What do yeah. you think? So. The Vitamix one, as ridiculous as it was, I appreciated that it was her character filming a thing. Agreed. So at least that, it was like the character of, would be doing endorsements. That's of, that. Yes. That's the kind of product placement I don't mind is like, like if you take a character like Jessica Jones, for example, and, and they chose a whiskey brand that like was going to be hers and that's the shot sure. you get every time. I'm like, that's cool. Because that makes sense to me. You know? Yeah. But the Hey Google and the like... <laughs> Like this was this was want. needing verbal mentions and it's like okay that's i mean over and do? over it's, and then you know <laughs> i mean yeah i of course like owen wilson i find distracting distractingly unattractive and so i don't think he's a good 
rom-com dude. Like his nose is so bad. And I know that that's like very, whatever surface level of me, but I, you know, sue me for wanting my rom-com, you know, eye candy to actually be eye candy. Like he's not supposed to be cute, but he can be like normal everyday cute. He doesn't have to be hideous. I think man is just so unattractive. Jackie, I kept thinking of you, and I'm sorry to say it was an unfortunate moment because the nose thing, you know, I, I'm i bothered by it. But I would say that in something like Loki, I was not – attention did not feel drawn to it for whatever reason. It just was so prominent in this. And then they were making out, and he was, like, mashing it into her cheek. And it just – also, they had no chemistry whatsoever. So the fact that this was compounded by – fractured nose smushing into her face i was just so uncomfortable she had way more chemistry with um what was the other lead's maluma. name uh, maluma than yeah. anything she and that was she wants to fuck but live in her life yeah. <laughs> like, and so can we get someone we actually Shade think she bit, would be you know? that yeah. she would be interested because like ben i mean no one i don't want ben Affleck in this movie but let's just say like that's her you know he's an every man He's inoffensively, moderately attractive, right? Like now, I don't think he's attractive anymore because of all the things he's done in his life. But sure, but when he first came to the scene, I wasn't like, oh my god, Ben Affleck's the hottest thing I've ever seen. But I didn't find him like offensive, you know. Like if he, if someone a- around that caliber had been put into this film, I would have been a lot happier in general. Well, but not. I think it had to be more basic than him, though. I think even he was considered like a heartthrob to a lot of people when he. Yeah. The scene. I mean, Carl's so like I, I think it's more so, like somewhere between Owen Wilson like, and Ben Affleck is what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it's more kind of you know I'm a big Amy Schumer guy. I think in Trainwreck or whatever with Bill Hader was kind of fun. Or I think in even I Feel Pretty. I can't remember the comedian's name, but I think he's funny. Um, and he oh Rory know. Scovel, I think is his yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember his name, but you know he he but he was kind of just like oh he's endearing. And then or even like the guy who plays the cop in Bridesmaids. You know, I was just going to say Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids. Yeah, something like where good, it's like, yeah. you know, you're I could have done that. By, Fine. You know. Yeah, I could have. I, I, I mean, I want someone more attractive than that, I guess. But I can I can I think plot-wise why you don't need it to be. Like storyline to be not. Yeah, I get like, it. You know. But I also want, yeah. Any, either, thing, either way, they needed more chemistry for us yes. to have some believability here. Yeah, I think if they had had even a modicum of chemistry, we would have been willing to overlook the hotness discrepancies, the product placements, the, you know, the stupid Jimmy Fallon. I, I cannot stand Jimmy Fallon. Um, I used to be a fan and I'm just like, go away. I, it's you, How old are you now? The shtick is not funny anymore. But any amount of chemistry and we would have been willing to overlook well, I 90% just thought, of this. I guess my main beef with it and this, I know that we shouldn't, whatever, but she's acting like, this was the love of her life, but she was going to get married on a stage in front of strangers in a publicity event. Right. You know, like a pure publicity event. And I actually don't like mind that if that's who she is and she wants the publicity and she thinks that it could make their careers, but they're still in love with each other and it works and whatever. But they were trying to make her seem like she didn't realize or didn't, I don't know, that it was some big publicity thing. Or at least I just got the impression that she was... I, acting like this was supposed to be some intimate moment when you definitely sold your soul. I I don't know. I kind of got the impression that it it was kind of pitting her to be kind of what probably it was like to be JLo in the 90s, but also like Mariah Carey a little bit where mm-hmm, yeah. I think that they started young enough to where I don't think that 
it, you, I think they probably did come to a point in their life like where they realized, oh, wait, like this isn't normal thing to do. This isn't how yeah. you like it's like because you just go along with what the machine and the powers that be tell you to do. And I kind of yeah. felt like they were trying to make her that character. The issue I have is, and I'm unpopular for this, I get it. I do not think Jennifer Lopez is a good actress at all. I just don't. I think she's hot. I think she's a good dancer. I think she seems like a good person. I do not think she's a good actress. And I've, I've found her inoffensive in movies. I didn't find her offensive in this, but I do not trust her to sell me a story. I <laughs> just don't. think she has a very limited range that she is able to pull off. And I think that the structure of this, ironically, did not play into that because it's asking her to basically be herself but yeah. be a, a fictionalized version of that and i don't know if that's within her range because there yeah. there were a couple moments where i was like oh this this was her connecting to this like i i you know well, like, well, the moment when she's like alone in the dark in her wedding dress and like crying or whatever and like that was that should have been an emotional punch where you're like oh god she is a person right yeah. like and she did this thing you know but i don't know she didn't carry it off i just me. I found the whole premise so unhinged and so upsetting. And I think there's a world in which this movie could have worked that didn't need to be them getting married randomly at a concert, you know, give us the big old disastrous uh, dumping and, and moment on stage, have him have been at the concert, but don't get married there. You know, maybe he like runs into her accidentally after, right, meet after, cute after whatever it is. And then suddenly, you know, paparazzi get a hold of her with him and then it's a thing. And then they, you know, whatever it is. I, I do. I enjoy a fake dating trope, but like, I'm not going to say I don't, but yeah. I mean, I was also saying like, like if you're going to do mega, you know, celebrity with like a everyday person, like Notting Hill did that really, really well. Yes, that was. And yeah. so like, it's just kind of a bummer to, it's a good trope. I think it's cute. I love the fantasy of an everyman ending up with this celebrity person, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There was a couple songs I liked though, actually. Oh, really? I I was fast forwarding by the end. I was like, no more. I, I mean, was, to I be fair, I honestly was inebriated the first time I watched it. So oh, it could have been just yeah, me yeah. like bopping along to the music video I was watching. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the other the story bits left a lot to be desired. For me. I yeah, I, could. I think my I didn't like the music and I, but I think my biggest problem was with it. And this sounds weird, but was that I didn't actually think it was as bad as I thought it was going to be as far as the story mm -hmm. goes. So it wasn't bad enough to where I was laughing at it and just like, mm -hmm. whatever. But I started to, I think like you both also said, I was starting to sit there kind of like fix it and fix it in my head and kind of yeah. redo certain things. And then I was like, oh, it could have pre premise wise had a little bit more potential than this to where it could just be a fun little mindless thing to turn on. Right. It didn't get there because it was well just frustrating yeah i think that's the problem i have is like i genuinely think honestly this could have been a movie i liked you know what i mean mm -hmm. like i like these tiny type, types of films you know when they're done well like a notting hill because no one's gonna say notting hill is like an opus of you know cinema cinema or anything that's a good film you know it was nice and cute Notting Hill's a great film yeah. i think it no, yeah. i love that film but like i think that like this this could have been i mean even her like dancing with the kids and always having someone to help her with her math problem i don't know it's so weird like who's gonna start dancing on stage when you're already afraid to be up there you know like it doesn't yeah. make it better i don't know and i don't know i i just think that there was just a lot of story things that they could have made better it just had so much more potential than i ever imagined it would from that yeah and that's why yeah. i'm like oh 
those kids in that teacher at the end are monsters. That's so horrible. Like, like this kid's do that 20 to a years child. old. Like, God. Especially at math elites. Like, Jesus. I think the most offensive thing to me is that Jennifer Lopez is a gorgeous human being. Like, there's no denying that. And some of the costuming and makeup made so her look much. less than. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Lady Gaga-esque, like, wannabe, oh God, you know, church like terrible. plus uh, plus cross uh, <laughs> a cross cross like you you know naked suit i was just so like desperate. it didn't look showing it far away would have been fine but when they got closed up and it was bunched up and stuff like that i was like oh god why would you do that like what and you could yeah. tell she was wearing like four pairs of shapewear under it and like you know and it was like god this doesn't and she's beautiful <laughs> i think she's pretty but it's like and then also in the wedding dress they had her in the drag queen makeup that she would have needed for stage which makes sense but then when she's in the limo with him they should have toned it down quite a bit you know because she's wearing like three pairs of lashes and you can see like the highlight you know like the highlight was really intense and just like that's stuff that looks really good on stage from far away but it does not look good in the close-up shots hair and her like lips and i'm not a big person on this stuff which is more like i don't know i just None of it worked for me. Yeah, no, it just it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like to the costumes and stuff, it's like you need a. This is a film, and you need to at least be able to pull off what if you're trying to do something Lady Gaga inspired, pull off close to what Lady Gaga does in a music video. You know, like if yeah. you want it to be actually believable, this is like the world's biggest pop star or one of them. The only person in this movie I was happy for was John Bradley. I was gonna say it's from- his year. From Moonfall, what a double week! What a double feature week for him. I mean, I'm so happy for Sam. Uh, for Sam Tarly, like I'm just, you know, yeah. way, to, way to glow up. I'm, you know? I'm, live your best life. But it seems he is. You know. Did you know it was based on a graphic novel or like a web comic? I saw say that somewhere, and I it forgot said to it look at the it. end, and I went, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> I bet you that web comic is so much better. I hope so, but I mean. Yeah, we're also really running out of things to adapt. Like we're, yeah, like <laughs> that. But just write some original content. It's okay. There's plenty of good writers in the world. Just was, this was not. This did not have any attached to it. So. <laughs> not that I saw. But yeah. no, it wasn't. So, I mean, uh, obviously, we're all talking about what it could have been, and it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it's just what. But it's just. I guess it's more credit than it. Because if if it was so so terrible, we'd have been like, this is a you know unfixable. Yeah. Burn it. It was. It know? was like honestly. JLo's, I think it was her last film. Was it Second Act or something? Or I thought yeah, I that, that that trailer was the worst thing I'd ever seen. And I still, I still, well, besides from this trailer, I guess whatever. And then I didn't want to see it. Eventually, I ended up somehow encountering it. I don't know how, but it was. I didn't like it, but I just remember being like, "Oh, this wasn't nearly as terrible as that trailer looked." And so, but it was the same kind of thing where I was like, "I can't even make fun of it," but I'm not enjoying it. So it's just like that yeah. middle ground that's not fun. Yeah, it was about me. Either make me laugh because it's actually funny or make me laugh because it sucks. Either way is fine. JLo's next four projects. So her latest one is Marry Me. And then there's one called Shotgun Wedding. We've got a little theme going. But then we've got one called The Mother. And then we've got one called The Godmother. (laughs) And then we've got one called Atlas, which I don't know anything about. But uh, (laughs) there's there's a little, like, theme happening in the... Look, I am all for a rom-com resurgence. Bring me back the rom-coms. Enjoy them. Please do them well. Let's do some mm-hmm. justice, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up with uh, what else did we watch this week, if anything? 
I watched finally. I meant to see it in the theater, and then I just totally missed it. It's on Hulu. I watched Flea. Oh. Have either of you watched? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I thought that. Yeah, was the pretty damn. Good. What was it about? It's well, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's it's animated. It's mostly animated, but it's it's, it's a, documentary. a documentary. So it's actually the first film to be nominated for best documentary, yeah. best international feature, and, and best animated. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it's, it's a triple threat. And down. and basically, like the guy being interviewed in it about his it's a life refugee story, stuff, refugee story, yeah. his life and everything. It's animated to like protect his identity, essentially. Oh, so like cool. the, the names are changed and whatever, and it's two yeah. D animation, whatever. But Man, I, I cried pretty hard in that movie. Hmm. I thought it was really well, I well love a good cry fest. I just thought it was so, yeah, it was a lot. I loved it. I mean, not new to me, but I was in a Valentine's movie. Just going to be ironic when I say what movie I watched. Um, but one of my favorite love stories, but also, you know, one of the saddest, I guess, um, I watched Never Let Me Go, which is, you know, one oh, of my God. favorite films. And... I love very hard. So uh, I watched that. The other thing I've been watching, of course, is more 90 Day Fiance. Um, I've, I'm done with before. I actually caught up to current on before I'm so 90 proud of Days, you. which I was like shocked because the next episode just didn't start. <laughs> I had no idea. And then so then I started. Uh, what's the other one called? Um, the other, the way. other way, which is like Good. the yes. other. They're moving to the countries instead of the couples are moving to. US. So I've gotten sucked into that, of course. And then, and then after we get off this, I'm going to watch my favorite. Wow. Oh. I have to pick Gilded Age. No. Yeah. I want to watch Gilded Age. Which I renewed for season two. Yay. How exciting. Because it's really, I mean, I'm really it. enjoying myself. So yeah. Okay. I, uh, I watched another rom com. I didn't like. Uh, I like rom coms, but I, I watched I Want You Back on Amazon. Oh, yeah. People seem to be enjoying it, but it, much like Marry Me, I felt zero romantic chemistry between oh, was... any of the characters. Yeah. I know that one. I have an unfortunate, I think I've mentioned this to you before, Dana, but I'm not a huge fan of Charlie Day. I don't know. It just annoys me. But I can I can see that. I like Charlie Day, but I can yeah. see it's challenging for him being cast in certain roles, and I don't see him necessarily as a romantic lead. Yeah. And then Jenny Slate, like, take it and leave it sometimes for me. But I, yeah, the premise seemed like, eh, I don't know. But. I thought, eh, maybe I'll watch it sometime. I don't have to go to a theater seat or anything. You know, it's just easy to put on, but I don't expect it much. <laughs> I, I, I would oh, yeah, Cyan texted me. That's how I'd heard about it. She was like, you should watch it. Mm-hmm. She can't be trusted. We love her, but she can't be trusted. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was like, eh. And then the other thing I watched, I can't wait to see your faces when I say this. I watched Jackass Forever. Yeah, you did. I did it. I took one for the team. I don't know why well, you would do it, but like I was like, I assumed you the, would. The, the morbid curiosity got the better of me, and I was completely out of things to watch. It was oh. so excruciating, and it is so upsetting watching forty to fifty year old men do these things to their bodies. It, oh my god! So I think Jackie would have died during no, the second hit embarrassment. No, yeah, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have handled it. There's no way. There, there are some truly, truly horrifying things that happen in that film. Yes, I've seen the tarantula. I don't need to see any more. The tarantula, not even the worst of it, honestly. Well, for me, it would be. I can't. Oh, sure, but I, but there were there were just I. Ugh. I can't get behind it. I I've never been a fan of Jackass ever in my life, and I, it's because people think I would be because I I oh. find physical humor when it's not intentional. I find it so funny, like when someone falls or like I like I 
like like watching people fall down the stairs and stuff when it's an accident. I think it's hysterical. But when they're doing it on purpose, I think they're stupid. Not only on purpose, to each other in yeah. a, a like very cruel seeming way. Yeah. But I just have such a morbid curiosity about it. Like, I, I think I watched the show every once in a while. Like, I never – when it was first, first on, I didn't watch it. And then I think I accidentally saw one of the movies when I was, like, on HBO or something. So I saw it. And, well, it's just, like, on and then you start watching. You can't – it's a train wreck. It was accidental. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you just – you can't look away because you're like, what are they doing? Yeah. So I, I watched it. I made it all the way through. It's just constant cringe. And just like, ow, ow, like I don't even have the body parts that they have. And I was like, ow. Well, and you're alive to tell the tale, just dead inside. Just dead inside. Yeah. I don't know. How, I don't, this is so terrible. I don't know how more of them aren't dead. Yeah. I don't Like either. it's truly a miracle that. Honestly, they deserve to be. <laughs> I, but, you know, they, there's a stunt in it that Johnny Knoxville got. He was like brain damage over basically and i think i think it's like the end of his ability to do any of these things he gets hit by a ball again and you know had to go to the hospital you can you can tell on the but i was like they kept it in which to me is horrifying yeah i get like okay would he have wanted them to keep it in had it been the end for him yeah absolutely i'm sure but it's still it just felt ugh, i don't yeah. yeah yep anyway so i did it i did it i watched it <laughs> good for you I guess. <laughs> Debatable. But, yeah. All right. And it was well, certainly a choice. It was a choice. It's I, urges sometimes. I, yeah, I, I mean, had, live your truth. Live your truth. Yeah. People, it had good, well, it had decent. No, it actually had been getting good reviews from people who I sometimes trust their taste. So I was like, I don't know any of the people who were recommending it personally, which is my big mistake. But I was like, okay. I guess You're like I'll people whose taste I previously had trusted. Yeah, uh, and now it was good. we'll never, ever, ever trust again. Yeah, so, sure. Jackass Forever. I survived. Most of them survived, too. <laughs> That's good, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you both. Yes, thank you. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt. And now a couple of follow-up points. So as for the Doctor Strange trailer, we ended up doing a frame-by-frame frame after we recorded. And the scene that we thought was possibly Miss Marvel is actually probably America Chavez. What happened was it looks like it's an exaggerated animation moment where she's, you know, reeling back a punch really, really far and it's a stretch and squash thing. So less confident about the Miss Marvel thing appearing in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but could still happen. Also, Chiwetel Ejiofor's character's name is Baron Mordo. We could not remember it in the moment. And then as for who are the Marvel Illuminati? Well, it started with the storyline from Brian Michael Bendis and originally they were a group formed after the Kree Scroll War and it consisted of Namor, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Black Bolt, Stephen Strange, and Charles Xavier. So I'd like to point out no women involved. In fact, there have been very few women who have served in the multiverses of Illuminati leaders, but that's a separate point. The idea was Iron Man originally brought them all together along with Black Panther to try to form a sort of UN of heroes, and pretty much all of them refused to join some sort of formal body, but they do continue to meet in order to share information on common threats. And I guess in the Iron Man 2 movie, there is a tiny, tiny Illuminati Easter egg. There's an icon on Tony's desktop that has the Illuminati logo. So we'll have to see what's going on there. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.